Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back in to the Moment of Cluth podcast. It's day 7,599 of quarantine. I actually have no idea what day it is, but I hope everyone's staying safe, sane, healthy, and if you're looking for ways to stay entertained, thank you so much for listening to this podcast as one of those means. My guest today is Sophie Julia. She's a media personality, a mega babe, and currently she hosts her own podcast called The Home Team. In this episode, we talk about the sports broadcast industry, the hustle it takes to make that career happen, how it's changed, and if you're just getting started in media, she lends advice for how to stay in the game. As always, she speaks her truth and tells great stories, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. Joining me now on the Moment of Cluth podcast is host of the Home Team podcast. She's a media personality, and she is an Instagram babe. Sophie Julia, thank you so much for coming on. Am I still considered an Instagram babe? I'm old now. You are killing it on Instagram. I'm like, okay, so first of all, that's how we met. When I saw you on Instagram, I was like, this is the prettiest girl ever. And nice. I like look at my Instagram and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, ugh. Like I just, I don't know. My content sucks in my opinion. No, you're a mega babe. And do you think that's a misconception about you that you're so pretty that you're not nice? (laughs) You're making me sound like, that's so nice of you to say. Um, I don't, I've heard, I don't think it's that people think I'm so pretty. I think it's like, I seem a certain way from my Instagram. I think there's a million misconceptions about, misconceptions about me, but I think people think that I'm going to be like bitchy or that I'm super, um, done up all the time. Like I've heard that people think I'm going to be really high maintenance. And the reality is like, I wear makeup like once every two and a half weeks. And when I do, it's documented. And that's like the only shit that's on my Instagram. Like I'm always like this, which you can't see me, thank God, but I'm a bum. When we met, we were, you were in workout clothes and I was actually shocked because I was like, I need to dress up. She's going to be so dressed up and look perfect. And I think I was coming from a meeting. And so I thought like, she'll be, and then you were in yoga pants. Literally always. Like all my friends know if you're going to lunch or dinner with me, I'm going to be dressed like shit. And that's just how it goes. I dress up once in a blue moon. And to be fair, I always talk about, oh, I wish I could wear like sweatpants to a bar and stuff like that. But ever since quarantine, I low key miss getting done up. Like all I want is to put on something really hot and do my hair and makeup because I don't even know what I look like like that anymore. I was just thinking about that. I put on concealer today because, again, I look like a sick Victorian child who won't make it through the winter with the influenza. And I was like, wow, what a what a nice change. A little blending of the skin tone. <laughs> I don't even put on concealer. Like when I, It's just a different world these days in the queue. How's the queue been? You know what? It's been better than I expected. I said this to my parents last night and they were like, that's so mean. I'm like, no, I'm saying it's, I thought being home with my family was going to be torture. I thought, so I flew back. I live in LA. I flew back to Philly and I thought that being home with my parents was going to be so bad. And it's not, it's my whole family's home. It's like, I think because we're all home for such a long period of time, no one's on top of each other. Like I could go into my room for 24 hours and no one would bother me. Um, I don't have to pay for anything. Like all my meals are free, which is not the case when I live in LA. And I just, 
I chill. I have a home gym, which is going to be the hardest thing for me to leave when I get out of here because it's been really clutch during these times, but it's not that bad. So I love on your podcast that you have a segment called Girl Talk and you talk about all things from texting to sliding in DMs. What's been your biggest takeaway for guys in quarantine? Like my guys or in general, like what do you mean? Like, um, like what in do general, I- like, are you seeing like less communication, more communication? How has quarantine changed guys game? Um, so in the beginning of quarantine, I had a full roster. <laughs> <laughs> I was FaceTiming, texting, like all of it. And it was great. And then as quarantine went on, I was like, oh my God, everyone's so boring. I have no updates. They have no updates. You can't FaceTime and talk to people all the time because no one has anything to say anymore. So my roster's trimmed down. And (laughs) I will say that um, the guys who I still talk to are just, you got to be a little bit like, you got to be a little bit more than um, the regular guy. Like you got to be interesting. You got to be fun. You got to keep someone into it because just talking about your day, like there's nothing to say. So the guys I still talk to are the ones who I just know better than the rest. And I don't really have an interest in anyone like fully new right now until I meet you. It's just too much work. I have some friends that maybe went on one date with a guy before quarantine and a month into quarantine decided to like move into their apartment and start quarantining with them. And that's like my actual nightmare because what happens if you get stuck in there with them and you don't like them? Um, I just think it's aggressive. That is insane to me. Yeah. I started talking to someone right before quarantine, maybe like two, two, three weeks before. And I'm going to see him right when I get back to LA and now I bet we would have not, we would have never kept talking this long without seeing each other if it wasn't for quarantine. Like we've had to keep it going because we have no choice, but there's no way we would have talked from February till May without an end in sight, you know? Do you think that you'll be spending alone time with him? Like, do you foresee yourself quarantining with this person? No. They extended in LA? No, not quarantining with anyone. I will probably just hang out, go for a walk or something six feet apart. That's the nice thing about California is you can socially distance yourself from people while still being active and outdoors. When I mean, you're in Philly, I'm in Chicago. It was 40 degrees and raining this morning and all I want to do is be inside. So it rains all day, every day in Philly. And I see the difference in the days in quarantine when it's beautiful out and I get to go for long walks and call my friends and whatever has changed my life. So I think that's what's making me want to go back to LA is like knowing that every day is going to be beautiful and I can be outside for a majority of the day is just a game changer. Let's backtrack a little bit because I like on this podcast to talk about kind of career stories and how you got where you are and um, moments in your life when you were realizing that you weren't being authentic to yourself. So you started in, you started your career in Miami, correct? I did. So my first stop in sports was actually in high school. I interned for Comcast Sportsnet, which is now NBC Sports here in Philly. And then that's when I decided I wanted to study sports. So I went to University of Miami and I worked for the Miami Heat all most of college. 
So I made all these connections in Florida. And then after graduation, I actually didn't get the job right away. Like I was trying to make shit happen for like a year or so. Mm-hmm. And then I started working for Fox Sports Florida because I knew people there through the heat. And I was working as a reporter and arena host for the Florida Panthers and also as a PA at Fox Sports Florida for all the other teams, which was honestly so fun. Like I worked nights, weekends, all of it, but I loved it. This is so funny. I remember when you were the in arena host for the Panthers because my friend from college's dad was the uh, GM, Dale Talon. Dale Talon is yes. your My friend dad. I'm obsessed with Dale Talon. Like every time I would see Dale, I'd be like, hey, Dale. And like everyone was scared to talk to him. And he would walk by and I would, I couldn't not say hi. And he'd be like, hello, Sophie. He would notice when I was like not there. Like he was just, he was weirdly on top of everything, but never let on to it. I loved him. He's the nicest guy, but side note, uh, story about that. Whenever I would sleep at her house, I would say her pillow smelled like toast. So I started calling Dale toast. Um, so I'm going to have to message Kristen now and let her know that I'm talking about her dad and toast on this podcast. But long story short is that I feel like in sports, you girls particularly follow each other's careers where we see somebody who's doing something cool and you think like, Oh, wow, that girl's really got it together and she's really pretty. And the reality of it is, is that we're all just fighting to make shit happen all the time. Um, can you speak to that a little bit and you know, how it's not all what it seems and you just got to keep hustling? Well, I think the hustle has changed. When I was in college, everyone was like, you need to start in a small market and work your way up and this and that. But at the same time, like after college is when things started to emerge, like Instagram and Twitter and all these digital platforms that weren't a thing before. Like I convinced the Florida Panthers to let me do digital video. They never had it before. So I never was the girl that was going to go to Iowa. And I respect the hell out of the girls who do, because that's a grind. Mm-hmm. And I'm not someone who likes to do that. I was like, okay, what corners can I cut to just stay in the game? And I've never had a, I, okay, that's not true. Originally, I think in college, like when I first started, I was like, I want to be like Aaron Andrews. I want to be on ESPN. And that all changed when I realized I didn't like doing regular reporting. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people do, but I wanted to do more personality stuff. So when I got with Barstool is when I was like, this is my calling. I just want to, I don't really have, everyone's like, what's your goal? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have like a set, like network goal, whatever. I just want to stay creating and stay in this world. And, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a big networker. Like I meet a lot of people and I like, I'm, I know everyone and I like to know everyone and I like to keep meeting people. So you never know what opportunities can come your way. So for me, it's like, all right, we'll see what's next. Like, you know, right now I'm doing well with the podcast and that's someone in the sports world. And, um, you know, I do think I could eventually be back in front of the camera eventually. I just, I, I don't know. My path is kind of like a zigzag. Like I don't have like a goal of like a major network. I don't want to be a sideline reporter or any of that. I'm with you on that. I I was the same way. Everybody, I was trying to make ends meet in Chicago, just getting started right after college. And every single news director said, you have to go to small market. You have to go to small market. And I applied to 175 small markets. I got a membership to tvjobs.com and sent my resume into every single one of them because 
I was like, this is what needs to happen. And I ended up landing in New Orleans. That was the first market, I, the first and only other market I worked in aside from Chicago. Unreal market though. Yeah, it was awesome. It was the time of my life. Like I couldn't have gotten luckier. Boston University. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I knew this. Okay. Um, but still, I feel like I'm a, when I got back to Chicago, I felt like people were maybe a little bit less willing to trust my experience because I had only gone to one small market and it was market 50, but it didn't play like market 50. It played like top 10. But I mean, I worked my ass off. I carried my own gear. I um, created my own series. I fought like hell to get in with the Saints to make sure I could get those interviews. But I think um, what the important thing is that I've taken away from knowing you is that it's important to create your own content. And, and I also think like, everyone used to be so old school. Like you can't get this job unless you've worked X amount of years on this kind of network. And now it's like, how big is your following? Who's following you? And like how talented you can be, you can get anywhere now and you don't have to be someone who has worked at a top market. If you want to be on ESPN. Yeah. They're like, that's still old school. Like, okay, where did you come from? What TV have you done? Mm-hmm. But you can get a job on TV from being on The Bachelor with no experience. Yep. Like, it really doesn't matter now. It's all about just staying relevant. And it sounds lame, like, oh, like staying relevant. Like, <laughs> if you fall off the grid, and there's so many times, especially like even yesterday, I get in these moods. You and every girl knows this because we're all emotional and dramatic. Like, you want to delete your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're like. I want to delete Instagram. I don't want social media. And then I'm like, all right, fuck. I have to promote my podcast tomorrow. I can't delete Instagram. But if you fall off the grid, which sounds kind of nice, you will be forgotten. I don't think of people who are not in front of my face and nobody's going to think about you unless you're putting yourself out there. So if you want to stay in the game, you got to keep putting yourself in front of people. So initially you created, your first podcast was shooting it with, with Soph, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you started that one just all by yourself and you were just interviewing your friends and that's kind of grown because you're still interviewing your friends, but you're with Action Park Media now. Um, How did you end up where you are now and what advice do you have for girls who are trying to do what you're doing? So I was doing my own podcast and it actually did really well numbers wise, but I was making no money from it because I'm not like a good business mind. Like I'm more of like a creative person and I'm not out here like being like buy ad space in my podcast. Like I just, whatever. So I was doing this podcast and it would just be like talking and then interviewing whoever, anyone. And then um, I met Kevin Connolly who plays E on Entourage at my girlfriend's wedding over the summer. And him and I became friendly and he followed me. He listened to my podcast and he told me he was opening a studio in West Hollywood and he wanted to sign me. And we came up with home team, which it was actually originally titled wags weekly. And then we nixed it because some people think wag is a negative term. Um, so we called it home team. And the premise is that we interview wives and girlfriends of athletes, but in quarantine. So, okay. Backtrack. Um, in the beginning of the episode, it was going to just be me. And the manager of Action Park is this girl, Narod, and her and I became really fast friends. And like, she's awesome. And we would just talk about such funny boy stuff. She's really funny. She's really bitchy. And I love it. <laughs> so I was like, why don't you come on? I need a co-host. She's like, all right. But like, she works for Kevin and she's like, well, like I'll come on, but like, 
I don't want to like take away from your show. I was like, no, I need someone to like chit chat with like girl talk. So in the beginning of every episode, we talk for like 15 minutes about, I don't know, texting or whatever. And then we do the interviews and all these dudes were tuning in and being like, we don't listen to the interviews, <laughs> but we just like want more of your like insight of into like girls' minds and like advice for dudes. And then there's like a huge following of girls who like die for the wags and they just want to hear everything about them. So we do both. And in quarantine, in the queue, we... <laughs> people are not as willing weirdly to do interviews. Like you would think that they would because no one's doing anything, but I think everyone just feels off and no one really wants to do interviews. So we've just done these special edition episodes of like, like the one that's coming out tomorrow is just about dating apps. And me and Nara just talk about all sorts of shit and it's fun. I mean, I prefer doing it in person in the studio, but we got to keep it rolling. We have advertisers every week who are like counting on us. So even yeah. in the moments where I'm like, I don't want to do this. I hate doing it over FaceTime. Like you got to. And it's all about the reps too, you know, like in terms of building a career, I feel like the more experience you have just talking with people and interviewing people helps you get to where you are. You have a huge following. You've got a podcast that's got advertisers on it and you built yourself from the ground up. So I think a lot of that has to do with you just putting yourself out there and doing it over and over. I also think it's important to have something to show for yourself for whatever you're going to do next or not even next and leave this thing behind, but what you're going to do additionally, uh -huh. because if a network or a producer or a manager goes to your page and you're not doing anything, then they're going to move on to the next person. So like, even it sounds like, oh yeah, everyone has a podcast. Well, like not everyone has to listen to your podcast, but if the right people listen to your podcast, like what happened with Kevin, Kevin listened to my old podcast and that's how I got with Action Park. So like, you never know who's listening and what could get you to the next gig. I love it. I feel like your career, it seems like you don't have, like you're not putting so, such high expectations on yourself to land this extremely hard to get gig. You're just putting yourself out there and being you and what comes to you, you're just accepting. Um, it's very Gabby Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back. <laughs> well, you were the one who told me to read that book and I love it. And I, yeah, I think I spent most of my 20s moving every two years for a new job. And then I finally was like, I'm over this. I want to just move where I want to move, live where I want to live, and I will figure it out. And so like I left New York City, wasn't for me, moved to Manhattan Beach and then figured it out. And like, I know that I'm going to be doing more. and things just, it's not like things fall into my lap. Like I'm not like one of those, there's these girls, you know, that are so lucky, like everything happens for them. I'm mm -hmm. not one of those people, but I do know that like, I'm going to keep it rolling. And like, it's not easy. Like people are like, you don't work. I'm like, you like a podcast doesn't work. Like, first of all, I make money off my podcast. So fuck you. Second yeah. of all, yeah, of course I have other jobs. I can't support myself based on just a podcast that comes out once a week, but I hustle behind the scenes. Sorry, I'm not posting when I'm in the office or when I'm doing this for someone or that. Like I have jobs that I get steady paychecks from that help me live the life I live. People think that my dad supports me and I record a podcast once a week and it's just so dumb. Is that, do you think one of the biggest misconceptions about you? hundred percent. Everyone thinks my dad pays my rent. <laughs> I loved the tweet you put out. There was a picture of you and your dad and he's like a, this total silver fox and you guys are at a hockey game and like your hair is platinum blonde and everybody's like, oh, look at this girl with this older man. No, this is how it started. I was at a playoff game with my dad and at the time I was on Barstool and like 
a stoolie snapped a photo of us knowing it was me and sent it to busted coverage to like out me for being with like a sugar <laughs> and was like, oh yeah, she really likes guys for like, oh yeah, I'm sure she really loves him or something like that. And everyone started tagging me in it. So I saw it during the game and I was like, why is my Twitter blowing up? So I oh like, my gosh, during real time, this was going down. Oh no. Time. So I retweet it and right at the top and I was like, excuse me, that's my dad. And then Dave Portnoy retweeted it and like all of Barstool was retweeting it. So then it went like a viral. And to this day, people are obsessed with that tweet. And it's funny because like this guy was like literally sending me into busted coverage to be like, ha ha ha, like so <laughs> they're men for their money. And I'm like, I'm at a hockey game with my father. What? That is hilarious. I bet your dad loved that. He was probably creeped out. He actually hated it because he was like, why do they think I'm like so much older than you? I'm like, cause you are. You're my dad. That's why. That's hilarious. Um, kind of off topic of hot dads. What is something, <laughs> something that you, a moment in your life, you know, on this podcast, I like to ask people about moments in their life where they felt like they weren't being authentic to themselves. And obviously sitting next to your dad at a hockey game is very authentic, but a moment in your personal or professional life when you thought, this isn't who I am and I'm not sticking to what I know. Or have you just always been who you are laid it out there? Hmm. That is a question that requires my brain. <laughs> my brain does not work after quarantine. Huh. It's mush. Um, not authentic. You know, I think, I think as you get older, I don't know if I have like one moment. I'm not a big regret person. Like I don't look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't take that job. Or like, I wish I didn't date that person. Like I don't really live like that. But, um, of course, as I get older, I look back and I cringe at like so many things I did. So many things I said, um, different parts of my life where I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was so cool. I thought, you know, like I thought I knew everything and I didn't. And I think I've always been pretty like raw and real and authentic, but it's who I am at the time. And I think I've evolved a lot. And I weirdly think that like being in quarantine has helped me like realize certain things. Like, for example, like I think I'm known as like a really big party girl, which is not totally wrong. Like I like to party. I like to drink. I like to go out. Um, but I'm also 31 and you know, I'm going out more than the average 31 year old. And, uh, I wouldn't say that's true. You're going out. I mean, 31 is you're in your prime. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I, 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 I don't go out so much and drink so much. It's just weekends, but like partying hard on weekends. Like I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. I just drink a lot and whatever, but it was starting to feel like too much. You know what I mean? But I, I liked it and I kept going, but like, it's just like a cycle. Well, like, I'm not going to, who am I going to stay home with? I'm single right now. I'm just going to keep going out, keep going out. But, um, I think in quarantine, I haven't gotten like fucked up. Oh, I did once, but I, um, I don't really get like drunk and I've just been like getting like a nice buzz and I haven't been raging. And I'm like, maybe I don't want to go back into that world. Maybe I just want to like save it for special occasions or something like that because I hate myself the day after I'm partying. Like I can't get out of bed. I'm so hungover. It takes like two days for me to really feel normal. And you just like waste so much of your life when you're drinking too much. 
So I love to drink, but I don't know. I think maybe I'm going to tone it back a little bit, be less of a partier. We'll see. Probably not, but I'm, I've been thinking about it. You've been so good in quarantine. I'm over here drinking like two bottles of wine to myself a night and you're like, I only drink on the weekends and like I've gained seven pounds and I wonder why. Um, so because I think you're doing pretty mine. good. This is my dad's wine. If it was my wine and I could open it whenever I wanted, trust me, when I go back to LA, I'm probably going to drink way more than I do now because I can. That's so nice that he's got like all this nice wine though. I'm drinking like $7 bottles from the corner store, <laughs> like digging them to the face. Same. It's fine. Um, so last question. You mentioned that you're single. When I put this out to the world, what kind of guy are you looking for? Like what would be your ultimate dream guy? Ooh, good question. Would um, you want to date an athlete? Do I want to? Do I ever go after it? Like that's not something I ever like think about. Like, oh, I want an athlete. Um, I would if they were a good, loyal person. I've met a lot of great athletes through just people I'm friends with, or even like my friends' husbands, great guys, loyal husbands. That's the kind of athlete I would want if I were to date an athlete. Like he has to be, have good morals and be a solid dude. Um, but I like a big boy. So they could tend to be an athlete. You never know. Like I like a guy who's really tall. I'm really tall. So tall and big, but, um, I love confidence and I like a guy who's really cool and someone who knows how to handle me because I have a really big personality and that can clash with guys who have a big personality or intimidate some guys. So it has to be someone who can be calm and confident and know how to handle me and someone who's sweet and cool and normal. Um, I don't know. I'm not like, I say I'm not super picky, but then I'll be like, ew, this guy's wearing a wear, wear I'll be like, ooh, this guy's wearing a weird hat. Like, I don't want to talk to him. You know, like, I'll just, I, I am really picky. So, um, I don't know. What do you think I need? I think you need somebody who is smart, uh, smart not, not public. I feel like you're, you want, like, a low-key kind of guy who maybe, like, has a big, important job but, like, keeps it, keeps life on the DL when he's home and extremely loyal. I want a guy who posts, barely posts on Instagram because honestly, like one, what do you need to post so much for as a dude? Second, the shit you see when the guy you like posts on Instagram and all the girls who are commenting on it, it'll drive a girl insane. Oh like, yeah. I'm pretty like calm about this kind of stuff. Like I'm really confident when I'm like getting to know someone like go do what you got to do. I'm talking to other people too, but as a girl, you can't help but be rattled by seeing other hot girls comment on their pictures, like even girls I'm friends with now in the industry were like, oh, I remember looking you up because you once commented on the guy I liked picture and I stalked you for like a year and a half. And it's just like, that's how girls are. Yep. Well, it's, it's not wrong. I feel like when you see a girl commenting hard eye emojis on a guy's picture, it means they're talking like you're texting or even like, even the subtlest thing, like a like liking each other's pictures back and forth means that you're keeping a door open for them in some capacity. So I'm with you on that less active on social media, the better. Although I have dated guys who were very inactive on social media and they were the biggest scumbags. So you never know. Still bad. You never yeah. know. I just think, I just think, um, I think as you get older, it is easier to tell who's good news and who's bad news. Like, I think I would know someone was bad news, but ignore it because 
I was having fun or they were hot or something dumb. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, I can know your bad news, but I'll just place you in a different compartment in my brain. Like I won't stop talking to you because I like, oh, it's entertainment, whatever. But like, oh, I would never date you if I think you're going to be that type of guy. It's impressive that you can do that. I can't. I'm always like, I see the red flags and then I'll date them. Luckily, I have an amazing man who's sitting upstairs and just sneezed. So if you heard that on that on this podcast, that's what it was. Um, I lied. That wasn't my last question. We have to talk about the ultimate wag. Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. What happened? Um. So I was really sad by this because I love them. I've always been a huge Kristen Cav fan since Laguna Beach. I always liked her better than Elsie. And Jay Cutler is like the best thing to happen to reality TV. So <laughs> I'm sad at their divorce, but all I can say is that like, I will be okay as long as he stays on television in some capacity. And I don't mean commentary. I mean, like we need a reality show with Jay Cutler in it. Like the I people- think you'll find him on like the Discovery Channel, like recording deer. <laughs> I know. I don't know what happened. I think there could be a few things he was the breadwinner. He was killing it in life when they met and they dated and they were engaged and they first got married. Now he does literally nothing all day. And she's this booming career woman out of nowhere. And maybe that's unattractive to her. Maybe he resents it and he's strayed. Um, I think they could both be cheating. I don't think she's the type to get cheated on and stay. I think she's the type to get cheated on and get revenge. Uh So I don't know. I don't know. Really. It's sad. They have three kids, which is even sadder, but this like ma- might sound bad, but I'm low key excited to see who she dates next. Yeah, I agree, and I I agree with that theory. I mean, she's killing it. Her her brand, Uncommon James, has blown up. She's partnering with Nordstrom now. So I don't know. I'd be curious to see like the truth when everything comes out because right now they're being very like we've come to the loving conclusion that we're no longer in love but he's blocking her from getting a house apparently so i'm really curious and i think you should have her on your podcast which is called the home team so if you haven't already listened to it listen to it and what days does it come out uh (laughs) usually wednesday but in quarantine just depends weekly weekly just check in with me weekly you hear that guys listen to it weekly it's very entertaining very funny for both men and women i love what you're doing wait we did not talk about how you and i became friends oh yeah let's tell that story so we met on the internet yeah craigslist (laughs) i don't know when we met on instagram i don't know when we started following each other but we did and then you messaged me that you were in la and i was like yes let's get lunch and we got lunch and became instant friends. And you were saying earlier, like, what were you saying earlier about like girls in this industry? I was saying that uh, I think there's a common misconception that girls in this industry are really competitive and nobody's friends, but I feel like we're all friends, especially girls in sports. In news, it's a little different because I worked in both and I had great friends in news, but I felt that there was a little bit more of a competitive edge to the reporters in hard news. Um, whereas in sports, I mean, we all grew up with a common interest and that was covering sports. And so I think the biggest misconception is that we're all combative with each other, but we're not, we're all secretly friends. So all the girls, I think it goes by like age range. Cause like, there's like the girls older than us, like Carissa and Aaron, and like, they're all friends. I want to be their friends. <laughs> and there's like our age and it's true. Like nobody's competitive with each other. Like everyone, most of my close friends right now 
are in this world or were in this world. And that's how we met. Like two of my best friends I made when we were working at Fox Sports. And then like, I met you, I met Meredith and Rachel who work on Nessa and I met them in the bathroom at a Super Bowl party in Houston years ago. And then I met their friend, Courtney, who I'm friends with. And I have so many girlfriends who work in sports and it's the best. It's like, we all know all the same people. We get to go to Super Bowl together. We have things in common. We can help each other with our careers. And like, you know, there's the occasional time where you're going for the same job, but like, they're going to hire who's best for the job and you're not going to hate the other person because of it. So like, it's really not, it's not the way people would think it is. It's so different. I think it's the same. All models are friends with each other. They don't hate each other. They're all going for the same campaigns. I'm a big believer in what's meant to be yours will be yours. And there's enough room in the garden for all the flowers to grow. So I, I'm, I love Meredith. We met on Instagram also. She reached out to me for advice and now she's killing it on Nessun and I'm at home doing a podcast, but I'm not jealous. I think it's great. <laughs> I just think, you know, everybody's time's going to come. Models are a little different because they can all walk down a runway at the same time. We can't all have the same job at the same time, but I think whatever your path is meant to be will reveal itself to you. So um, I love the way we met and that's how I've met some of my closest friends. I talk to Meredith every day. You and I text every day. So there you go, world. Don't be afraid of the hot girl on Instagram whose DMs you want to slide into because it might end up being your new BFF. Yeah, you really make me sound too good. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on my podcast. Yeah, and- this is so fun. I'm so not used to like not being the host. Like this is so much better. Like, I just want to be interviewed from now on and I don't want to host anymore. I know like I shouldn't say that because that's like one of my jobs, but like I hosting so much work. So I give you so much credit because like you have to think of questions. You have to like research the person. You have to like be on the whole time. And like, I didn't really have to like think I could just like chat with a friend. This is you just had a glass of wine and showed up. I love it. I love this. Let's do this again. We'll do a follow-up episode after quarantine and I'll figure out who's on your roster and who's moved up in the world. I will come on whenever. This is easy for me. Just once a week. (laughs) You're going to be my only interview now because no one will respond to my interview requests. Oh, booking is, booking is truly my cross. Everyone's cross to bear. If you work in the business of creating content and you need an interview, it doesn't matter if you have the biggest podcast in the world. Booking is never, ever, ever easy. I think even Big Cat has problems booking for PMT. Like I don't think it's ever easy to book. It's awful. I actually cringe. Like I had to send out a couple of DMs last week trying to get athletes on my podcast. And like the ones that I'm friends with were easy, but the ones that I don't know that well, I was cringing on the end. Oh, when I, when I um, worked for Barstool even, I would be like, hey, I work for Barstool. We have this show. Like no one would do it. And it's like, that's when I had a giant name behind me that they all worship. They still didn't want to come on. Like nobody wants to do anything for each other. And the feeling of rejection is the worst. Like they didn't respond or they said they couldn't. Like, I just felt like I take it personal every time and I'm trying to learn. It's not personal. I'm like, yes, it is. Like if someone cancels an interview or says no to me, I will be fuming mad. And they're like, it's not personal. Like my friends will be like, it's not personal. I'm like, of course it is. Yeah. What if they just, you know, change their mind about me as a person? (laughs) That's how I feel. Well, anyway, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. And it's almost Friday, so go enjoy some wine. Thank you for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cluth. For more episodes, please subscribe and share this episode with others. Visit MeganCluth.com to get in touch and stay tuned for more great interviews.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.